everybody. Welcome to Obscure Animation. And this month, we are talking about a recent 2022-2023, depending how you look at it, animated film. going to be so fun. We're talking about Little Nicholas, as and it's happy as can be, is the uh, <laughs> coda. The little sub, yeah, yeah. subtitle or whatever you want to call <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> and I feel good at Rachel Wagner Stanford's here. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm so glad we could talk about this cute movie. I know. Well, you had had told me about it for uh, animations film, and I I tried to get a chance to watch it, but they didn't. They didn't give me a screener then. But then uh, I watched it like I think in December. I finally got a screener, and then I just rewatched it yesterday. Oh, nice. And, okay. Yeah, but I didn't watch it in time to for it to be on my best movies of 2022 video. Yeah. But it would be now if I was making a new video. I really oh, enjoyed it. I did, too. You know, I got to see, you know, just unbeknownst to me, it was the U.S. Uh, premiere uh-huh. of, of the film at the, at the Animations Film Festival. And... Uh, you know, last year, and the, one of the directors was there. It was uh, Benjamin uh, Masobra. I'm sure I am butchering Benjamin's <laughs> yeah, name. A lot so of I'm French sorry. names here. <laughs> sorry, but uh, uh, his co-director, whose name is Amandine Fredon, she was presenting at another festival. So I think this movie's made, you know, oh. really made the festival rounds last year, and it just was such a breath of fresh air. I just. I think yeah. I just smiled the whole the whole time. Me too. And it's it's really a neat film, and we'll talk about it more. But the way that it is both a cute film for kids, family film, but also a film about friendship and a film about creation and an artist's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so I think it's it's very unique that way. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and it feels very French. Oh, absolutely. It <laughs> feels so French and even just European, you know, just, just yeah. the, you just, it totally has that vibe uh, about it, but in, in like happy French yeah. way, well, you know, it feels you know kind rather of, than depressing. It feels kind of French new wave, almost like 400 blows or something that like. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> the, that Agnes Varda would make or somebody like that. I could see her doing a movie kind of like this i can't yeah i can too absolutely yeah yeah especially that last movie that she did that documentary faces places oh i love that so much it was so good so good i can't i i forget which movie won for best documentary i mean the documentary branch is ridiculous but um uh but i was just like it's not as good as this movie it's not as good as faces i was really rooting for faces places yeah yeah (laughs) But it, I don't know, it just has that kind of like thoughtful. Remember when we watched uh, Louise by the Shore? Yes. It definitely feels a lot like that. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I don't know what that is, Rachel. Is it just the hand-drawn animation? Yeah. The, pa- the, the pacing, the way that the shots are framed. You know, I'm, I try, I try yeah. to figure that because it just like what makes this feel 
some French, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. I wish I, if we have any French uh, listeners, please pipe yeah, in. Yeah, please, tell please us. help us. <laughs> but, uh, help but me. Yeah, there's, there's also just something about the French New Wave and kind of its influence uh, on films, even to this day, that it's very personal, very introspective, uh, that usually is somewhat meandering, doesn't have like a ton of, plot mm-hmm. uh that uh is just about these people that we're spending kind of time with uh and i i think that that's something for almost all of those films yeah well said mm-hmm. well said there's this yeah. sense in this film that i feel like they you know as you mentioned they, they walk it's not even a fine line but it's just it's it's, it's brilliantly done in that They've got this these cheery stories about little Nicholas that are interwoven with mm-hmm. the stuff about the creation of it, and then you said in the artist the artist's life, and those you know the, the artist's lives weren't necessarily easy, and there's some tragedy in there. Mm-hmm. Yet it's mm-hmm. still handled in such a way that it's just not this depressing movie by any means. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's just it- happy and breezy and so charming kind of like louise by the shore too in the sense that like that movie isn't really like maudlin really at all like she's kind of a grisly kind of a crusty old character yeah and it's the same way here it manages to be very sweet and endearing without being patronizing or or right. you know right yeah what overly saccharine say, like, or anything yeah what people think hallmark movies are <laughs> <laughs> people that talk about hallmark movies that haven't ever watched one <laughs> yeah they criticize it without ever yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah this movie uh just felt so loving so kind and you can tell i think that renee's daughter uh, was involved in the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renee Gossini, which is one of the characters. Again, I'm sorry, mispronouncing the name, but um, he is the writer. Yeah, he's the and writer, the animator, uh, but mainly yeah. writer. Yeah, in there, and <clears throat> his daughter is the screenwriter for the movie, co-screenwriter, and I think you can feel that and. And especially the end when he talks about how, when they talk about that dinner that they had and he talks about how much Renee loved uh, his, his children, mm-hmm. it, you can feel that just, Oh yeah, you can't, he didn't, he didn't know he had so little time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, you know, I mean, clearly I, I love this movie, you know, soup to nuts, but <laughs> I love, I, I loved the, the loving, portrayal in this yeah. film of, of, of both of these creators, you know, the writer and the artist. And if they had sorted stuff on their past or bad behavior, whatever, mm-hmm. they just didn't go there. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and then also though, the stories are so uh, cute and affirming yeah. life affirming in their own, just in the way in that they're just so, just kind of just like a regular day, you know, but I can like, no wonder these books are popular because they, they, they created this book series, right? Which this is the first time I've ever heard of it. But then again, I've never lived in France. 
So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, know. I wondered if you'd heard of them. Evidently, two two hundred twenty two stories. Yeah, they wrote. They say at the end. Yeah, I've never heard of them, and but in you know in doing a little research, there's been, uh, you know, other uh, presentations of this. There's, I yeah. think, there's some kind of a. I don't know if it's, I think it looks like to like a TV series that was done in CG that looks actually kind of awful. But, uh, but <laughs> well, and uh, then there's also and a live action film. At yeah, least live one. action film. Yeah. Yeah. 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that, um, that, that this is the first time, given that it's an illustrated book, it's kind of interesting. This is the first uh, animated. Treatment. Yeah. Do you know what it reminded me a lot of, Rachel? And I want to get your opinion on this. It reminded me of Charles Schultz and Peanuts. In mm-hmm. that, you know, Charles Schultz, I think, was was an emotionally healthy, decent person. Yeah. And and as I felt, these French men were portrayed. Mm-hmm. And uh and the and Peanuts, I think, are just such a fun, such a fun comic. Yeah. I, mean, I remember loving it as a kid, and I still, anytime somebody posts a Peanuts thing, or I follow Snoopy on Instagram and so that, I just think, oh, that's fun. You know, I mean, it's just it's just clever and and and, and heartwarming, and and um, anyway, yeah, I kind of felt like a French. Not, I mean, Charlie Brown and little and little Nicholas are completely different because. Little Nicholas is not like a kid that's like down on his luck or always, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of that sort of stuff. But just like the tone of it, though. Just that yeah. it's, there's all these different characters and they're at school. I mean, they're just like living their lives. And, and, uh, it's just, yeah. Uh, it was super I, fun. I couldn't find that much information about this movie. Uh, it, yeah. there, there was not a Wikipedia or anything. All I could find was this interview. That the yes, director you, had you done. You said that to me. I read that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so it was interesting. Uh, the the character, I guess, is often compared to like Dennis the Menace. Uh huh. Um, he also kind of reminded me of like the Great Brain. Did you ever read those books? Yes, I did read Great those Brain. books. Great yeah. Brain. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that too. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Benjamin Massabre, he says that, um, uh, he offered me the job because he knew I had a special history with the little Nicholas books as I came from a family of school teachers and they used the books to teach students to read. So when we finally secured financing for the project, he asked me and Amandine Fredon to direct the movie. We started work on the movie early 2020 when France was in full lockdown for COVID. So that's interesting. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he says, I'd love to learn more about the lives of Gosini and Sempe. 
We were able to find some material in their lives that cast a new light on how and why they created Little Nicholas. Structurally, it was also a difficult movie, which makes sense that he, that he would say that. Uh, it's not your usual three or four act movie. We put a lot of heart into it because instead of having a narrative arc, it was an emotional one. Mm-hmm. It's really a movie about resilience, about two men who were robbed of their childhood. One who was the victim of an abusive stepfather and one who lost part of his family in the Jewish Holocaust. Yeah. These two men created little Nicholas, who was the perfect dream childhood and were able to live through him and we were able to live through him. Amandine and I found that the essence of the movie was the story of their resilience. And I'd say their friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that, that's such a great description of it, isn't it? That, yeah. And, and again, it's accurate. That was my experience with the film for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the artistic style. The uh, the sort of sketchy. It feels similar to when we talked about Ernest and Celestine. Yes. The um that kind of sketchy yes uh, illustrative kind of style and maybe that's one of the reasons why it feels you know French or European too mm-hmm. you know is that is that sketch that animation style that um and I love this that it it reminded me too somewhat of of uh, Winnie the Pooh. You know, yeah. Just, when just, just when that it kind of comes off the page in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought that was just so clever the way that that was the way that was handled, and I just yeah. And I thought the animation was beautiful. It's it's, it's simple, but but just you know beautiful and evocative. And hello, I was in France. You know, I loved it. It felt like a trip to France in some in some yeah. ways too. Yeah, and uh, the way that they were able to really tell the story of Renee and Sempe and little Nicholas without it feeling too messy. Yeah, I agree. I saw a movie at Sundance. This wasn't animated, but I saw a movie called The Persian Version, which was yes. pretty good. I liked heard, it. I, heard, I, I read about it. that, right? That's what I wanted to see, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't get to. Yeah, I liked it. It it but it felt messy. It was trying to tell her story and her mother's story back in Iran and it flipped back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it just didn't quite work. And so it's a risky thing like trying to tell all these stories, especially in an animated film. Yeah, agreed. But I and think they pulled it off, didn't mm-hmm. they? Cuz I never thought it was it was ever convoluted or heavy-handed you know mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh it starts off with with renee one of the first things we learned was renee has died and uh and uh, and he says to little nick what should i do and then you start to learn about renee and little nicholas and so it just like having that kind of loss starting out the story, I think really helps you become emotionally invested, like right away. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. Instantly. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And, uh, and so then we see little Nicholas, his dad buys a television set and uh, it's a 21 inch set. And the neighbors are very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Because those old TVs were just 
first. They were so heavy and yeah. big. And oh, they were so great. So yeah, so heavy and yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And I loved both of the scenes with the grandparents. Oh, me too. That were so good because you have the grandma coming to visit for little Nicholas. And he says, I really love my grandma. She says, I'm very clever, very funny. And I look a lot like my mom was when I was, when she was my age. And, and then grandma has, gives her and grandma gives him a plane. And then you see him literally flying the plane. He's in the plane. Mm -hmm. And that's just so cute. I mean, I both, all of my grandparents are gone now, but I had, a very close relationship with my grandma uh, on my, on my dad's side and my grandfather on my mom's side. I was close with the others in different ways, but very special. And yeah, there we always lived in, in uh, Maryland or when I was in middle school and high school, we were in Maryland, they were in Utah and California. So when they would come to visit, it was like a big special Thing. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like they lived just down the street. So yeah, that is really cute. That relationship with his grandparents was was so cute, and I, I get again. I just am always so happy because I don't think I don't think we get to see it a lot, and maybe just because this doesn't necessarily exist a lot. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, just a healthy family. Yeah. You know, an emotionally healthy family. I mean, little Nicholas, he's, he's you know, kind of naughty or precocious, right? I mean, he's just a little kid. Uh, but, you know, his, his parents love him, and I love the relationship with his grandparents. I just thought that was just the cutest. It was so cute. And, and I think the thing that's great about grandparents is that they are the, in an ideal world at least, they are the people that can just love unconditionally mm -hmm. you know i did have a grandfather who was a mean old man but my other grandparents i like they don't have the responsibility of protection and care and i mean some do but for the for the for the like, in an ideal world they they can just love yeah that, that's all their job great is. way to say it yeah <laughs> and that's what they think the grandparents in this you know that's what they do mm -hmm. in, the, in, in this film yeah. And then uh and then we also find out that Senpei that he says things were tough for my parents. All I got at home were beatings and that he felt free and safe with his grandpa. Mm -hmm. It was the first person I ever really loved. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh and I I th I've kind of feel that way sometimes by my uh gr my grandpa my mom's dad uh he was the best <laughs> the best human i have ever known in my life uh i think we'll all miss him so much it was um 2001 he's been gone wow, wow. long time yeah. Yeah. the uh we learn a little bit more about renee uh they renee from argentina and then um we find out that uh, we we learn a little bit about how Renee and Senpei uh, met, how they became friends, uh, and uh, that Senpei started drawing because he was bored, 
and he just decided to make it a career. Uh, so he joins the army uh, to in order to live in Paris, but he was terrible at the army. <laughs> I mm, thought that was funny. Mm, yeah, that was funny too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of I used to love to listen to the Car Talk guys so much. Oh, um, probably great. <laughs> they were my favorite, and uh, and Tom would talk about him being in the army. He was like. <laughs> He's like, the army and I were not a great fit. <laughs> <laughs> he has some really funny stories. Oh, uh, but, uh, so funny. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Um, then he meets Renee, who was a little bit older. He was like seven years older than Senpei. And that Renee was the first one to encourage him in his, uh, in his drawing. He says, this was my first Parisian friend. And... I, I think that we just don't get enough stories about friendship. I agree. And, I, and again, maybe that's one of the reasons that this was so appealing to me. Because yeah. I, I, I thought their friendship and artistic collaboration was really good. You know, very interesting. And again, I'm just kind of, you know, the broken record word is just, it, was just, it just seemed healthy to me. You know, yeah. just like this was not a dysfunctional relationship. This was yeah. one that... Sure, I'm sure it had its struggles, but they worked well together, you know, and and, yeah. and created some really wonderful stuff. And yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Prolific. Yeah, 222. Yeah. And, uh, and so they tell little Nicholas, who's this actual little figure that they interact with and talk to. And I think there's one point where I think it's Renee who says, oh, you talk to him, too. Yeah. And so they both know they do it. And uh, he goes to school and he doesn't want to go to school. He says, School is terrific. You can make friends there. And then they play dodgeball and like get all kinds of roughhousing. And then <laughs> the roughhousing yeah. <laughs> cracked me up. Dodge, I mean, because it's, it's such a little boy thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <It's just kind laughs> dodgeball should be like a, a war crime i think it's the worst dodgeball is the worst <laughs> yeah and it's violent yeah and then Luis gets Painful. invited over and li little nicholas he thinks that uh, he says are you out of your mind that's a girl <laughs> Which is funny. but then he ends up loving her and he yeah. says can we bring more girls <laughs> to the house <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I thought there was just a really nice sort of montage scene in the middle with uh, Nicholas flying, playing soccer, going to space. I really like that whole when you see him oh, in I space. Oh, I too. Wasn't that, that was cute? Great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they do say in the interview, he says uh, that that there were so many studios involved in France. We have lot a lot of indie studios that join forces to produce a movie, and sometimes we just build them from scratch to produce a project. Among the studios that helped us create the animation were Sean Two, which is run by uh, let's see more and more. It says that they had places in France, and most of the sets and comp positing were done in luxembourg so i found myself taking a lot of trains in europe throughout pr the production i think the characters and their stories so resonate with the audiences the stories written by goskini are in first person nicholas is narrating these books and they are still very funny 
Although life is very different for kids growing up in the world today, they still have similar experiences with their families, their friends at schools and teachers. The comedy and poetry are still relevant today. Which I think is true. I think it's true too. Cause again, and again, maybe that's why I remind me of peanuts too. Cause peanuts kind of has a 1950s or sixties kind of feel to it. I think. Yeah. Uh, but yet the themes are timeless. You know, even though some of the trappings might be different, the, you know, the themes and the, the emotional connections, I think, you know, live Yeah, on. like things like having a crush or feeling lonely or uh, getting bullied at school or, yep. you know, getting not fitting in. All those stuff that still today. It's very it's universal still, today. Yeah, it's universal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so then... Uh, little Nicholas wants a coloring set and he learns to draw. And that was very sweet. That was sweet. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Uh, I also love the scene where little Nicholas goes to the movies with Renee. That was, I mean, I feel like that's the, the scene for the, for 2022 is the person in the movie theater. Like (laughs) we got it in like Babylon and empire of light and fablemans. And yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's like, everybody has that iconic moment. I guess it was me watching uh, Jurassic park. That would be the, that would be the moment. Yeah. Yeah. For me, but it was cute. Uh, and then so then Renee goes to New York. He says, my life is a story about boats. And there's always comedy all around if you look. Uh, so then we get with little Nicholas. Mary Jane comes to visit because he wants more girls. Because <laughs> he <laughs> liked Louise so much. Uh, and they play soccer. They're all trying to impress uh impress mary jane which when you think about it really the girl with the red hair in peanuts is very similar kind of a thing you know that charlie brown has a crush on the girl with the red hair yep yeah exactly yeah and uh and then uh then they break the tree climbing and the dad's like what my tree Um, and then it was very sad uh, that so the Nazis are growing in our in Argentina and in everywhere, and uh, that Renee is told to stay in Argentina. The three of the mothers of three of his mother's brothers were deported and never came back, which is just so sad. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then Sempe. Uh, yeah, that's when he talks about the beating and, and how much he loved his grandpa. And and then he says, thanks to you, little Nicholas, I'm living the dream childhood I never had. And uh, that's very, very sweet. Yeah. And, and then we they have this whole like summer at the sea and all of them with their fishing reels. That was so cute. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Oh, just I just was just smiling the whole time yeah and you know i I loved to i mean might have already you know mentioned this rachel but that these that these artists could create out of their own hard childhoods and sad you know sadness and trauma something so positive and and that could bring joy to 
you know, the readers and also, you know, to us as moviegoers. Uh, and hopefully maybe it helped them heal yeah. too. It did yeah. feel like a little bit that way when you were watching it. And, and I mean, I, I don't think about trips to the ocean because unfortunately my parents are not ocean people. I love the ocean so much, yeah. but they just don't. I, I want them to so much, but they don't. <laughs> but my dad did enjoy boating and we did go boating uh, a lot and uh, whether it was in Lake Powell or uh, when we were in Maryland at the Potomac or you know whatever and some of my best memories as growing up were going boating because you know how much I love the water yeah I love being in the water and uh, and so I just have such happy memories of going boating and I, I think it's like the perfect family activity because like any athletic level can have fun and you can just sit on the boat you can just you can just swim you can like i just at any age level because it was hard in my family because that we had much younger and then older teens Mm -hmm. uh because my mom had a baby when i was 10 and one when i was 16 and one when i was 18 uh and so you had this kind of (laughs) interesting dynamic yeah (laughs) and and so yeah we would we would go boating and uh and that's just something that i really remember enjoying very much uh but those summer trips like whatever you did as a family i feel like that's like really important and uh, that uh you make time for stuff like that you know they talk about uh, wholesome recreation being really important to family. And I think it's true. Yeah. It's absolutely. true for those memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the ending of this movie really got me. It really did watching it over again today. Uh, so we saw at the beginning, of course, that Renee is that Renee dies, but then we, he dies of the heart attack at the end. And uh, he says, it was such a shock. Nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to laugh anymore. And then he talks about this last dinner that they had together the week before he died. And uh, he says, when you're an adult, it's not easy to see your friends. A week before he died, they, I went to dinner with him. And he says, you, are my fe- you, my fellow, are eternal. The three of us, including little Nicholas, little Nicholas are, yeah. will always be together. And I just thought that was so lovely mm-hmm. because it is true. The older you get, even in the virtual era, it is so much harder to get together uh, that when people have just family commitments and, and it's just, it's just a challenge to keep yep. those friendships alive. Yeah, it's true. Life's, just gets so busy and there's so much going on and, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, the friendships are what's the most important thing. I think, you know, the relationships, yeah. what, you know, your main. And you have those special friends that you might go even a decade or something without seeing them. But then as soon as you do see them, it's just as if you had never left. Yeah. You just pick up right where you mm-hmm. left off. Yeah. And that's what you felt with Re- Renee and Senpei, Mm-hmm. that it just, it just picked right up and it almost reminded me of like uh, dinner with Andre or something like that. You know, this like yes. friendship, this very simple, like 
moment that they had together. Yeah. It was really good. I thought the structure of that last part was very interesting how they, how they, how they did that. Um, Yeah. It's, it's always an interesting thing when, when my, uh, when my grand before my grandma had basically a stroke, I, I had this conversation with her because I had sent her this bracelet that said, God can be everywhere. So he gave us grandmas. Bracelet. And yeah. And, um, and we had this great conversation. I vividly remember it. And then she actually ended up living for, I think another like 10 years, but it was never quite the same after that stroke. She yeah. couldn't like articulate as well. She just wasn't that energy just wasn't, wasn't quite there after that. And, uh, and so I don't know, it's just, it, it's just an interesting experience. You have these things just like a simple dinner or, you know, chat on the phone because of a Chris, you know, cheesy Christmas gift like, that you, you don't realize at the time how important they are. And then you look back and you're just so grateful that you did it. You know, oh, that you absolutely. You just look back and just see you know, no regrets on that one. Yeah. You know? We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies March store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. I thought that was just such a lovely, beautiful moment. They did a great job with it. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the director, he said, it's kind of interesting. He says uh, that he start, got his start back in the 90s uh, in animation. He says that uh, back then, in when I first arrived in Paris, I was lucky to get my start in animation. Back then in France, we were producing only one movie every two years. And now we are so lucky because we're making 10 movies each year in different styles and content. And that would include Illumination there in france yeah uh i feel like we're living in the golden age of animation oh yeah even big u.s studios are exploring new ways of making cg movies with movies like spider-verse and the bad guys it's very exciting time to be working in in animation i think so too yeah would you agree oh absolutely you know at least from an out someone outsider's perspective or or just a fanboy (laughs) uh, (laughs) perspective that the amount of animation and the content that we're getting, Uh it's really, it's, it's something special. And, and uh, maybe, you know, there's some hiccups along the way, like when Netflix doesn't hit its earnings numbers and then they have to slash some films or whatever they had having developed, which is a bummer, but still, you you know, you just, you just look at the output and, and uh, it's, yeah. And there's so much of it. 
is the thing too. And, and that's, that's yeah. really exciting to me. I mean, last year, so I had in my top 15 movies, I had Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. You could even make a claim, Avatar, The Way of Water. Oh, yeah. Animated film. Animated. Uh, Little Nicholas, Apollo 10 and a Half, Space Age Childhood. Yep. Guillermo de Torres, Pinocchio, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers in my top 15. Yeah. I mean, Rachel, when does that ever happen? <laughs> and then I have the bad guys at 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I have my father's dragon at 20. So in my top 20. Yeah, your top 20. Yeah, that's really Remarkable. great. I mean, it is amazing that I could have that many and I don't have a, well, I guess Chippendale, aside from Chippendale, I don't have any Disney in there, which is kind of amazing. And it, yeah. So, yeah, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. So almost half of my top 20 movies are animated. Are animated. Yeah. So it's, it's, I agree with It's exciting. (laughs) And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what Disney does to kind of keep up, you know, because every, about every decade, Disney goes through like this little slump. I know. And then something will happen that'll jolt it back. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then it will dis- Disney slash Pixar. Uh, and then it will it will get back up. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens, you know, and, and how long they're kind of. Yeah. Uh, and what that jolt is. <laughs> it will be, you know, because I wondered if. If Wish, you know, their uh-huh. animation studios is featured this year, is going to be the film to do that. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I mean, we don't know yeah. enough about it, yeah. but also I think you and I both are kind of cautiously optimistic, <laughs> right? Yeah. About it. Yeah. Same with Elemental. Same with Elemental. Yeah. But, but uh, then they've got, you know, we were joking about this, all the, the untitled Disney animation, you know, movies yeah. that are coming out over the next. We hope that they get a title eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but I uh, mean, there's been these rumors that Disney is going to do a 2D animated film. Yes. And and I really thought that they were going to announce it. And honestly, if I if I was John Lasseter, which I'm the furthest thing from, but if I was and I really wanted to make a splash with Skydance, you know, with their new whatever their new animated yep. animated yep. company. I would have Brad Bird do an Iron Giant sequel. I think everybody would go. Everybody would lose their minds. <laughs> I mean, that would be huge. And oh, my goodness. I think it would be such like a powerful thing for their studio to kind of get things yeah. going, you know? Yep. I don't know. Seems like a no-brainer to me, but... What do I know? So, but, <laughs> you know, uh, but you anyway. Know a lot. And, uh, yeah. And <laughs> that, yeah, that would be something. Or honestly, if, if one of these big studios dares to do a, a film in a hand-drawn animated style, even if they're using yeah. a lot of CG tools. There was a uh, lot of talk about it. Like, I felt like it was sort of in the air that, oh, they, they might announce something at D23 yeah. and then they never did. But, uh, but, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I just figure at this point with Disney Plus, why not? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, easy for me to say. It seems like it's definitely a risk worth taking. Yeah. Uh, I had read somewhere, Rachel, and I don't know. I can't even remember the source. And it might have honestly been some random thing on Twitter, you know, but <laughs> but that Wish was going to have some hand-drawn mm. content in it. Oh, and I would love I, that. I wonder, you know, or yeah. someone was saying, and, and again, I, I'm sorry, I wish well, I could remember I mean, the that source. be that hard to believe because if you think about Moana and a few of the others have had 2D elements at least. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll guess what we'll. It'll be interesting, but I agree. I think it's a very exciting time mm-hmm. uh, to to be an animation fan when you have such experimental, uh, exciting things like Puss in Boots: The Last Wish to come out of DreamWorks of all places. Of all <laughs> places. <laughs> it's That's, pretty fun. <laughs> it's so fun, and yeah. you know another Miyazaki film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And a new Makoto Shinkai film this year. Yes. I can't wait for so, that. I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, we the we the viewers are the lucky ones, you know, that we just mm-hmm. have all this amazing content coming our yeah. way. And, and I just really hope, hope, hope that some of these films are going to really land and be, you know, be yeah. really special, be really good. And I just hope that people... Step out of their comfort zone a little bit and see some of these obscure, some of these more, um, these European films yeah. or things, because you really do miss out when you, when you don't uh, see the amazing things that different cultures can create and mm-hmm. just experience different cultures. It, it, I, I just think it's a big mistake to just focus on disney and just focus yeah on... just kind of focus on north yeah. american animation yeah. you know mm-hmm. i yeah i i'm not sure at least i couldn't find rachel has little nicholas been does it have a plan to be distributed you know speaking of north america <laughs> or like, well they emailed it to me to review and they and so i thought it was getting some dis- distribution i hope so but and like something like that would usually make it to Utah, but I don't know if it if it was a problem with Sundance, you know, being the same right. time. You know, Rachel it was also the um, while you're looking that up, that was it the writer? Wasn't it the writer who was involved w- with creating the asterisk uh, comic character? That sounds right. Because asterisk, I remember, you know, because I lived in Italy while I was doing the my you know my church mission uh you know many, many moons ago there were asterisks comics and stuff all you know all over like at every newsstand and stuff uh i think that asterisk i don't remember seeing much ever seeing much in the u.s but i think in europe that was a really popular um and pervasive um, comic it was nominated for annie award Little best Nicholas. indie, yeah, for best indie feature. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Rene Goscinny. How you say yeah. the writer? He was one of the creators of of uh, the Asterisk uh, comic book series. Oh, uh, it was just sent as a four year consideration best animated feature. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but I would imagine it gets something. I hope so. I mean, the Amazing Maurice, which is not as good as this. I mean, it was okay. 
uh, it's getting 2,000 screens this weekend. The there was it was at Sundance. Um, so you think it could at least get like 500, 600, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have to keep a tab on it. People have to let us know if it's coming uh, near you. Just says this film is a labor of love spanning several years in the making, capturing the original story's strength and humor through its star studded and accomplished cast. Yeah. The voice acting was for the dub was, was good. They did a good job with it. Uh, See, but, and I saw it with subtitles at the film festival. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was in French with English subtitles, if I'm thing, uh, not mistaken. Uh, the thing about, I like watching with the sub, but it's hard to take notes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not impossible. Yeah. Um, so it looks like some of the reviews started coming in in January. I think it's getting some kind of release in uh, January, but I don't know how many how many theaters anyway uh if it comes near you definitely check it out it's uh really a sweet lovely film about friendship about art about the artist's journey uh when he's struggling to come up with ideas uh and their friendship and working together and just being a child and uh, the sort of this dream childhood in a way that they create for little nicholas it's just all that stuff is just lovely yeah. It's really good. It could just it it could not be more charming. Yeah. It's really yeah. and if you like hand drawn animation, I think it's definitely worth you know, at least you know, the style of hand drawn animation is definitely worth checking out. Well, let us know what you think if you've gotten a chance to see this and if you uh what you think if you think we're in the golden age of animation, would love to hear your thoughts. And uh, Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog uh, at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, so check that out. Also, make sure you're following. Also, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We also have in the merch store at hashtag animation junkie shirts. So take a look at that and uh, check out the Patreon. It really helps us a lot. And you get a chance to be on the podcast or share your opinions. So take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.